be fine. Yeah. Um, so welcome everyone to our second Fishbowl Startup Series. Um, we're really excited today to have Carrie Siegel joining us. She's a professional coach and uh, helps the clients find direction and forward movement in both personal and professional lives. So uh, Carrie, you sent me, oh, it's sharing screen. Um, sent me a bias and I thought it was really interesting that you don't just help sort of professional executives and entrepreneurs but you're also helping people who are recovering from things like divorce and other life transitions I thought that was really cool um in addition to your her private coaching practice Carrie's also the career coach at Stanford University and manages the student well-being grant program there so I think as most of our challenges as students you've got a really insightful a background there that's going to help people. Um, and just a little background on you as a person. Um, Carrie currently lives in California with a partner, three kids and a dog. So I'm really excited to hear from you, Carrie. And why don't you go ahead and get started? Thank you, for Samantha, for the welcome. Thanks, everyone, for uh, showing up and um, for contributing in the way that you are with your social impact projects um, for the betterment of the world, for the betterment of human beings and each other. Um, I'm so happy to be here and honored. Um, today we'll talk about high performance teams and leaders. These are subjects that are near and dear to my heart. And let's see if I can move the slide. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, so Sam already did the introduction. Um, I also like to play card games. My uh, grandmother was this really competitive card game player and I'm noticing that competitiveness in myself now, which I'm loving. Uh, I like to listen to podcasts. Um, I do improv theater. Uh, some of that will come up in our, the presentation today. Um, and I love my dog and this is my dog. <laughs> this is Typhoon. Uh, you might hear him during the presentation as he greets people who are walking by our house. Uh, he's three years old and just a joy to um, have in our lives. Today, we'll talk about great teams, the characteristics of great teams, how you can lay down the foundation for your great team. Uh, and we'll talk about great leaders and what that looks like. And then there'll be some time for a Q&A at the end. But feel free to, to add in your questions in the chat at any time. And Samantha's going to keep an eye on that. And um, tap me because I'm not the best at looking down at the chat while I'm <laughs> speaking. Uh, I wanted to hear from you all first about what you think is, is important about good teamwork. And I'm also curious about what is working well for you in terms of teamwork um, with your team? And um, I, when I'm asking these questions, please feel free to put it in the chat, feel free to say it out loud. And this is in service to your fellow um, people here in the presentation. This is uh, when you ask the, the question, when you say something today, um, someone else is probably wondering the same thing if you ask a question. And um, they're also probably very curious about what works for you and maybe they wanna try it out too. Uh, so first question, what is important about good teamwork? What's working for your team?
I think listening is a really important part of good teamwork for me and um, in the teams that I've worked in in the past and just being able to create a space that is welcoming and open to people sharing their perspectives or people feel safe um, commenting on the work that's happening. Wonderful. I love that. I love how you said uh, creating the space, so like setting the conditions that allow people to feel like they can contribute. I love that. What other thoughts do you have? I'm really interested in hearing from challengers. Maybe one more person. Maybe while some challenges are thinking about it, I can chime in building on what Katie said. Trust. I think trust has defined some of the best teams I've been on. Wow, that's that's wonderful to hear from Vandana, who I'm sure has been on some great teams and maybe some not so great teams and has this experience and is saying trust is very important. I think we can trust that. <laughs> One more challenger. Um, I think um, what's important about good teamwork is if you set um, certain values or goals that you're all working towards, because I feel like a team will never really mold together or be cohesive if they're not vocal about the overall values they have and the core values that they share. So I feel like it's important for a team to have it's supposed to be in the first team meeting um you're supposed to sit down and talk about why you're doing something why what you're trying to get out of it and see if the values align with each other i love that and i i, I love that you added that you're being vocal about it that it's known that um it's not assumed that this is our mission. It's not assumed that everyone buys into this mission. It's, it's vocal, it's, it's um, put out there and there's agreement that is created around it. Thank you. So you've already started this. You've created your mission or you're working on your mission. Uh, you're working on some goals and um, smart goals tend to work really well. They are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant and time bound. If you can get as many of those smart uh, elements into your goals, um, it will really set you up for success. Um, particularly if they are attainable and we'll come back to that near the end. Um, another thing to consider as you're um, starting out now and really important in the beginning is to consider group agreements. Um, think ahead to what, where might be some problem areas? Where have you seen problem areas on teams before? And sort of try to head them off before they even become an issue. Um, think about, you know, things like how we deal with disagreements, how we be with each other when someone messes up, um, how and when will communication take place? You're spread all over the world. Uh, you know, if someone is texting in the middle of the night for someone and it's during the day for the other person, like these are all things to think about and to talk about beforehand. Um, it's also really nice to talk about when will we celebrate? What kinds of things will we recognize ourselves for? Is it every week um, we're going to 
throw into a document what, we're, what we really appreciate about what happened that week. It used to be happy hour every you know, Friday at five o'clock, startups, people would get together and just relax and hang out. Um, that's not happening right now. And um, what are some other ways to build that in? And really thinking about it now, early on, um, beforehand. Um, and I, maybe there are some agreements that you've already created that are unspoken or they have been in passing. I think it's really nice to capture them in a document um, and revisit and go back. You know, every time you cross a hurdle, go back to that document and okay, let's reevaluate. Where are we now with, our, with how we're doing together? This will set you up for um, success. This is what great teams do. They take the time to do this. Sometimes it's a 20 minute investment. Maybe it's a 10 minute investment but those little investments of time really make a huge difference. Um, what are some of your team agreements that you already have that are either already in writing or spoken? What kind of agreements um, are created uh, in this fishbowl challenge, in this unique situation? Um, one of the agreements our team has come up, it's because of the problem with time zones. Not all of us can make the meetings. So what we've agreed on is for every meeting that we have, we record it and we also write up meeting insights. So the other team member can always, um, is always up to date with what's happening um, with things that they've missed out on. Wonderful. That's such a creative way to make sure that there that everyone is on the same page, and there is uh, integration of people who can't make it on you know in that time. Um, you're you're bringing in team members. What other agreements? Anyone who hasn't spoken yet, what can you offer? Um, for our team, uh, we agreed to have at least one meeting every week so that um, we would be able to ensure that progress is ongoing. I and, love that. Um, yeah, so that we could also, you know, just um, ask how everybody has been um, doing lately, aside from the uh, stuff that we have to do for Fishbowl. Wonderful. I, I, what I like about that is that it's consistent, that it's every week, it's not occasional, uh, it's built in, and that you're bringing in the human element of, um, hey, we're all people. And those human connections really will bond the team and give you a really solid foundation and base. When things get tricky and things get tough and things get stressful down the road, you'll have that, that uh, enhanced, stronger network, that fiber that's connecting you. It really makes a difference. That's wonderful. And you can place some in the chat if you think of more um, that would be helpful for people 
uh, to know about. I'll go to the next slide. Um, as you're creating your agreements, some things to think about. Um, this is something that I like to do with clients when I start out with them in a coaching relationship. We work on these four questions together so that we understand each other's strengths, uh, our challenges, so we understand what conditions set each other up for excellence. So we know what conditions set us up are not gonna work for us. Um, this is something I would encourage you to take the time to do with your team. Uh, grab a screenshot if you want, um, get the PDF or the PowerPoint later. Um, do this with your team, spend, even if it's um, you each do this individually, uh, take the five or 10 minutes that it probably takes to invest in this, answer these four quadrants, um, and then share them with each other. Maybe that's a way that this will work or doing it in person or on Zoom. Um, take a moment now just to think for yourself. You get the best of me when, and think in your mind, what are three conditions that really enhance the best in you? And take a second to think about them, write them down, um, record them on your phone, and I'll wait for this. And in the same way, another quadrant, just to explore right now, you can count on me too. And what can you offer your team? Um, sometimes people don't realize what they really have to offer. Sometimes it's, um, you can count on me for positivity. When things are getting hard, I'm gonna be a positive person. Um, you can count on me to listen. Uh, you can count on me to create space for things like this. You can count on me to be strategic. You can count on me to hold you accountable if you need it. So I would encourage you afterward, um, continue. Fill out the rest of the, these quadrants and share them with your teammates. And um, this can be a nice thing to bring when you are starting to create written group agreements. Some of these things will feed into what is gonna help your team because each of you as members are going to to um, have your unique needs and, and things that you can bring, and those will inform the agreements for your special team. Any thoughts around this? Did you get a screenshot before I move on? All good? Okay.
I think it's really cool, Carrie, to think about like how the team, like they should know what to expect from you before you like start anything big. Like they should know that maybe you work best if you have like set goals and then that's how we can all like get the most out of each other if we sorry I didn't mean to interrupt I just just thought this is a really cool idea to like set these boundaries of like how we can all work the best as a team to make sure that we get the most out of the team that's really cool thank you yeah yeah it's wonderful to to put thought into it beforehand um it could be that um let's see early November I'm going to be defending my thesis uh, during that time period, you can count on me for nothing. <laughs> uh, so th those are the kinds of things you can think about beforehand instead of the middle of the first week of November and it's all of a sudden like, where's Carrie? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> yeah, it adds a little element of planning and expectation. It sets some expectations. And this is what great teams do. This is what fishbowl challenge, you know, people who cross the finish line, they're going to be doing things like this. Yeah, little investments that will make a big difference. So this is some research. Um, we know that people on high performing teams do integrate individual members strengths. Um, there's an organization called the Gallup Organization, and they do a lot of polling and surveys. They do research. They have created something called Strengths Finder, and they have captured 34 strengths that they often find in great leaders. Um, you can go on the web, you know, their website and explore these 34 strengths. The survey to take it for yourself is about $50. It's pretty pricey. Um, some universities will sponsor this for students. It's not, it just depends. Um, but explore the strengths and see which one resonates for you, <clears throat> which one you think, maybe that's me. And you can click in and see what that strength entails, um, what it's all about. There are more than 34 strengths in leaders in the world. Um, so think about your own strengths. Uh, and they are often the things that you do without even thinking about it. So people often, when they see these 34 strengths and they find out what their strengths are, they're shocked. They're like, that is a strength? That is so easy because it comes so naturally. It is like breathing. It is like as easy as breathing, these strengths. And they are um, people's superpowers, pretty much. People do amazing things when they lean into their strengths and they're not trying to um, uh, lean into their weaknesses that they're trying to improve. When people lean into their strengths during hard times, they do amazing things. So explore that, explore your strengths, check out Gallup. Uh, people on high performing teams also connect with each other. And I, someone brought up, um, yeah, bring in that human element. So schedule in 10% of your meeting time to talk about things that are not uh, project related. Like my, my roommates drive me crazy talk about that or um, you could do check-ins are a great way to do that you could check in with something like would you rather live in the arctic or live in a desert like just fun things to like get to know each other better um, have check-ins where you're learning where people are um, personally um, what they're dealing with in the week 
it's again, it's that laying that fiber of strength that will sustain you when times get really tough. That's an easy thing to build in. Five minutes, 10 minutes a meeting. Uh, people on high performing teams foster positivity. So the Gottman Institute has done research around this, um, that uh, relationships that last are ones where for every five positive interactions, there's maybe one negative interaction. And an interaction might be, hi, Samantha. And that's the nice interaction. It's a hello with a smile. And that's a nice interaction, a positive interaction. So a negative interaction might be, I come into a meeting and no one acknowledges that I'm even there. And that feeling of uh, not being included. It was um, not intended, but it was a negative interaction. Sometimes it comes back as feedback, not uh, uh, appreciating people or thanking people for what they do, or thanking people for what they do. And the Gottman Institute has more research there that you can explore. Um, I love improv and uh, people on high performing teams listen to each other and they acknowledge each other. They acknowledge what each other people are saying. Um, so in improv, the rule of thumb is you're on stage and there is no script and you are there to make other people look good. That is your role. And if everyone is making each other look good, then you're probably going to look good too. And you're going to have a great time entertaining people on stage. So uh, you can experiment with that by saying yes and is what you do in improv. You do those kind of practices where someone offers up an idea and you say yes. You can do it in a meeting and say yes. And what I love about that is whatever. And then move on with and. We could do this too. Instead of but. But is like yes but. It's just the energy drops. Uh, include the yes and. Um, acknowledgement is important. I don't mind right now if you want to take a second to send what we call a grata text to someone on your team, acknowledging them for something that they have done great this week that you really appreciated. Um, bonus points if you say you are strategic, you are keeping us, uh, you are holding us accountable, you are caring. Uh, in addition to what people are doing, let them know what you appreciate about who they are. Anyone wants to do that now, feel free. If you wanna do that in the chat privately to someone is here in the meeting, I'll be happy. <laughs> I'm gonna move on in the slide, but do it if you want to. This will again, lay the foundation and the framework for a really strong team. I cannot stress how important things like this are. Okay, so we had that high energy, just thinking about those things, right? It's a, it's a great feeling. And then you think about what, what behaviors prevent good teamwork. And oh, it's such an energy drop. But uh, let's take a moment to think about what kind of behaviors prevent good teamwork. Challengers, anything that you have seen in study groups, uh, in the past, in past internships or work groups, what behaviors prevent good teamwork? 
in the chat, Carrie, we've had silence, ghosting team members, non-responsiveness. But I'm sensing a bit of a theme there. <laughs> yeah, what is the theme here? Uh, it sounds like lack of communication, lack of showing up. Yeah, let's, let's check this out. Um, people on high-performing teams will rarely blame. Uh, there's not a lot of gossip behind people's backs. Uh, things are talked about openly in open communication with the person who is in the room. Like, let's be direct. Uh, there are, they don't have factions. Like, um, two people are working together over here and two people are working together over here and there's not cohesion in the whole team or the whole department or the whole group or the whole company. You can expand it out in the whole country, in the whole world. <laughs> there are factions. Um, and that does not lead to great performance. There's a lack of trust that's being built up. People ignore each other. They feel ignored. Uh, they ignore the elephant in the room. Like you go into a meeting, you know there's this thing that is just on my mind about uh, something, but I'm not saying it. Bring out the elephants into the room. Be direct, be open. If you've already laid that strong human connection foundation, chances are you're going to be able to handle things like this with open communication, without feelings getting terribly hurt. Uh, some warning signs. The Gottman Institute has created these warning signs. It's like danger ahead. Your team is doomed, your relationship is doomed. These are signs of divorce actually quite often. If the relationship is consistently showing that there's criticism, contempt, defensiveness, stonewalling, those are warning signs that um, you need to do something fast. You need to make some changes. Go back to your group agreements. Uh, bring the elephant into the room. Um, stop talking behind each other's backs and speak directly to each other about what's going on. Be very open because there's a lot on the line. Your social impact projects are important. Yeah, and um, it would be a shame to let these kinds of things get in the way of the great work that you're doing in the world and the great work that you will do in the world together. I can't stress this enough, how important it is to look for these warning signs and head them off before it becomes too late. So what are some more ways to build trust? You can put it in the chat if you want. Again, this is offering it up to the group. Uh, let's be creative. my personal experience i feel like while the while the challenges are typing or whatever i feel like if you see the other members of your team as human you're more likely to sort of trust them as opposed to like oh they're just a colleague if you think of them as an actual person you tend to have more like trust in that relationship yeah yeah it's endearing when you know things about people there's an endearing quality about it uh that connection is strong yeah, I love that. What's coming up in the chat? In the chat, we've got video chatting 
and friendliness building trust. Oh, I love that. Yeah, video chatting. So you see people face to face. You have eye contact. Uh, yeah, you see where they are. It's so interesting to get to know where people live, where they work from. Um, it's humanizing. Yeah, and in fact, friendliness. That's, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, uh, Nana just wrote that in the chat, like getting to know each other in the team and like liking the activities that they enjoy. That's just what you were saying. She like typed at the same time. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Thanks everyone for contributing ideas and uh, questions. Love to hear this and for offering it to your group group members, people who are here in the meeting, people who will hear this later in the recording. Um, thanks for offering these up. Yeah. We've just got a couple more if you want before yeah. we move on. Yeah. Um, so Vandana shared that the willingness to admit mistakes and to share credit is a great way to build trust. And Antoinette said that doing, doing the tasks that are assigned to you is like a great way to build trust within the team. Yeah, like uh, setting your commitments and making sure that you can reach, like do those commitments, like committing to things that you can actually do um, and doing that is great, yeah. And it's hard to admit mistakes. That is not the easiest thing to do. And sometimes it takes a deep breath and I'm doing this in the service of my team. I'm uh, admitting my mistake and correcting my mistake and moving on without becoming defensive. Yeah. Let's go on to, yeah, these are some more ideas. consistently contribute so not that again that element of ghosting like they were here a week ago and now they're gone communicating openly collaborating innovating innovation in terms of not being stuck um, where you are being um, ready to let go of an idea in, in the service of something a better idea um, innovate in terms of let's raise the bar a little bit high performing teams will do that let's not settle let's see what else we can do um there's a there's an innovative exploring kind of quality of high performing teams they're willing to try out new things and maybe it doesn't work and then go back and try again uh, seeking feedback asking for feedback, not waiting for someone to point it out to you. Uh, a great way to get ahead of that is to ask for feedback and that's gonna improve the quality of what you're offering in your social impact project. Admitting mistakes, that heads off that defensiveness. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about high performing leaders. Uh, and you can call some of those high-performing leaders to your mind. Yeah. Um, high-performing leaders often lead by example. I can give an example of that. Uh, I was once working in a team where we were, some higher-ups, we'll say, decided that we needed to stay open around the clock. Um, and when our leader, heard about this from higher ups, 
um, this person decided there is no way I'm going to ask my team members to be there at night. And so I'm going to be the one who's there for the night shift. And it was an experimental process that was meant to be done for a month to try out anyway. So this leader did that. And um, I have to say it created such, uh, such respect. I had such respect for him that he did that and that he cared for us and that he was willing to roll up his sleeves and do the work. And he was not gonna ask someone to do something that he would not do himself. Um, fortunately, that only lasted a month. Uh, and then we went back to the normal routine because <laughs> I don't know what would have happened if we hadn't. Um, but again, just that one month of him coming in and staying until like four in the morning created a, a, a level of commitment. Whereas if he had said, okay, you guys are going to do this and I'm going to go home this evening, that commitment might not, might not have been there. Um, High-performing leaders regularly toggle between, in their minds, they can switch between tasks that are like task-oriented activities, like we need to get this done, let's do it. And they hold in their mind the vision, the mission, and they can regularly switch back and forth depending on the need in the moment. Um, that is something to practice. In your, when you're working on your social impact project together. Switching between task-oriented activities and keeping the mission in mind, your purpose in mind. Yeah. Uh, High-performing leaders will ask for help. They've got assistants. They've all got executive coaches. They all have, uh, they all ask for help. They have teams that help them. They ask for help. And they tie what their request is, what they need help with, with why they need, why they have their request. What is the, how is this tied to the mission? How is this tied to the purpose? If you add because to any request, uh, you're like, I think there's something like 90% more likely that the people who you ask will say yes, and they'll do so with enthusiasm. Add in the because, add, is, add in the why. I need help with this because um, I can't do this. It can be as simple as that. I think uh, I read that even just adding the because increases the likelihood, even if you don't add why. <laughs> yeah, people know there's a reason if there's a because. Um, and it's important to know the why. Why are you asking for help? Tie it back to the mission. Tie it back to what you're working on why it's important. Uh, High-performing leaders also integrate. They integrate team members. They integrate team members' strengths. They include everything and everyone that is of value. They think about how they can include uh, on their teams, but they also think about how can I integrate um, something of myself? So if you think of some great leaders, um, they do integrate some of their personal lives into what is known in the public about them. So uh, let's see, like Barack Obama, we know that he likes basketball. Um, Queen Elizabeth likes her dogs and her horses. 
we know that and it's endearing and it's uh, humanizing. Um, it creates interest. Um, that's why I added, not because Queen Elizabeth, but you know, I added a little bit of a personal element at the start of the meeting, the presentation, just so you know a little bit about me. Um, let's see, Kim Jong-un, he likes basketball as well. Are you thinking of any other, or put in the chat, I just love these kinds of things, being creative about what do you know about leaders who integrate parts of their personal lives? Tim Cook, what does he integrate? What does Bill, Bill Gates integrate? Yeah, it's kind of fun. Now here's the secret that is not often talked about. Um, and it comes up in coaching all the time. Like almost every meeting I have with clients, high-performing leaders feel vulnerable. They do not always feel like they have it together. They do not always feel like um, they're gonna be successful. They often feel vulnerable. They feel like they're not good enough. Um, and we'll talk more about that in the next slide, because it is so important. So Brene Brown has done a lot of research on vulnerability and shame uh, and self-judgment. Um, and she's created some strategies I wanna share with you today. I wish I had known about these strategies when I was you know, 18 to 20 to 30 years old. Um, I found about these kind of, out about these kinds of strategies way too late in life. And I am so happy to be able to share some of these with you today. Um, so vulnerability, when you move forward with vulnerability in something that you're doing, like, I don't feel like I can do this. What was I thinking by signing up to do this? Um, when you move forward in that, it turns into bravery when you actually keep going. And feeling vulnerable is often a sign that you are leveling up. If you think about it, like in terms of a video game, you have completed your level and you are leveling up to the next level that you do not know anything about. And so you feel a little bit like, what am I doing here? I liked the level before, I was comfortable there, and now here I am. I'm learning a new level. You are leveling up, and this is good news. When you notice vulnerability, yay. You are on the right path. You are doing the right thing. So what can you do when you're feeling that vulnerability to help you move forward in bravery? Recognize the voices that are going on inside of your head. You might hear dialogue like, uh, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. What was I thinking? I am going to fail and everyone is going to laugh at me. Um, you can um, counter some of those voices with, I can't do this, but you could say to yourself, I'm feeling vulnerable. Yay, this is hard. Acknowledge that. Uh, if you're thinking, I'm not smart enough, think to yourself, okay, I may not be smart enough, but I am strategic. I am flexible. I do care about the mission. Uh, you might think to yourself, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for this. Another way to counter that is to think the need is there. That need is ready for me, whether I'm ready or not, and I can step into that. 
especially as you're working with these social impact projects, which are so important. Another way to increase your bravery is to reconnect, refocus away from those, you know, voices that are telling you these nasty things in your head, to reconnect to your purpose, reconnect to your mission, your values, your strengths. Um, refocus. These are energizing things. They will sustain you and move you forward. Another strategy when you feel vulnerable is to tell someone, tell someone who you trust, hey, I, uh, I'm doing my fishbowl challenge presentation tomorrow. Just tell them what you're going to receive back is empathy, which will increase the feeling of being connected. And when you feel connected, you feel less vulnerable. And then afterward, tell your friend, tell the person, I did it. And there will be celebration. And that's also wonderful to have. Something to look forward to. I'm going to tell that person after I do it. It's a little mini celebration. Yeah, so set attainable goals and celebrate the attainment. Attainable goals um, might not be, I'm going to wow the judges and win the whole competition. Um, an attainable goal might look more like, I'm going to show up on time. I'm going to show up. I'm not going to chicken out. I'm going to show up. I'm going to present. I'm going to do my best. I am, there are two things I want to make sure judges understand and, and be clear on those whatever things. And the outcome, you're not, um, your goal is not the outcome. Your goals should be how you're going to be, how you're going to perform. And those are attainable goals. And you can celebrate the attainment of those goals afterward. It works. It really works. Um, yeah, so these are things to think about before um, you're going to present your projects or when you've got a big conversation, let's say you're going to um, have a difficult conversation with a teammate or someone in your life, these are the kinds of things you can do. Another little secret uh, is the F word that leaders, high performing leaders take risks and they fail. They do. It, it might look like they're just constantly successful and they don't struggle, but leaders have taken a lot of risks and they have learned amazing lessons from risks and learned a lot from failure. So when you fail and it feels like a big failure, think about what you've learned from that. And then over time, share that story of your failure. It becomes your story, becomes your hero's journey story, which, which can be really inspiring for other people. It can be inspiring for yourself. The next time you come into a challenge, you remember, oh, I did that. Remember that hero's journey story? And you have this um, amazing experience. So taking risks is good. Failing is good because you're starting to develop your strength when you challenge yourself in these kinds of ways. It's hard, um, but it's important to try. Yeah, Bill Gates has probably failed a bunch. Uh, I, I know people don't always see things like this, but they fail and they feel vulnerable. High performance leaders.
some things that they practice. They practice self-acceptance. They accept their strengths. They know and accept their weaknesses. Uh, they practice self-authority, meaning they are in control of their life story. They're not letting someone else decide um, who they'll be. They're in control. They are charting the course. Uh, they take a stand. So in your social impact projects, you are taking a stand for what you believe in. You are pr practicing self-authority right now. Yay, good job. Continue to do that, continue to practice these things. And I work with clients uh, in practicing and talking about these things all the time. High-performing teams and high-performing leaders celebrate. They will find any reason to celebrate milestones, achievements, people. Um, again, it increases that positivity it increases uh, chances of people and things being acknowledged. Uh, it, it lets people be human together to just kind of relax and celebrate together. Uh, look for those opportunities to celebrate. It is not um, only to celebrate at the very end when you've crossed the, fin crossed the finish line, but look for those other occasions for a celebration. So we've talked about a lot of things. And I really, the whole reason I'm here today is that you've got some nuggets um, of wisdom that you have some things to try out with your team that you haven't tried out yet, or that you want to try out for yourself as a leader. Um, put it in the chat, say it out loud. What do you want to try out with your team or for yourself as a leader or in your relationships? What is something that you want to try out? And this is intentional. Um, one thing I want to try out, um, throughout the course of the Fishbowl Challenge, we have been, like our team have been um, grateful to each other. We do send messages here and there, but it's never personalized and it's never, like what's the word, it's never um, something very specific. It's the usual, thank you for doing this, thank you. I want to try now with my team to be very specific um, to each person. So. Um, one team member, thank you so much for doing this certain task successfully. The other team member, thank you so much for keeping a positive attitude throughout these two weeks and stuff like that. Just really personalize the gratitude texts, as you've said. Love it. Awesome. I can't wait to hear. I would love to hear how that goes. What the effects of that are. Yeah. What and else would you like to try out? What's in the chat? In the chat, Charlie has shared celebrating successes is something that can I try out. Yeah. We don't have much longer left, so I think this is the end of your presentation, Carrie. It is, yeah. Thank so you for having me. I'm so inspired by all of you. Um, I, I know we don't have a lot of time, but I do want to offer that um, if any of you want to just have like a 20 minute free chat, I'm available. Feel free to contact me. 
I'd love to answer your questions about teamwork. Do you hit snags with teamwork sometime in your next couple of months? You're like, whoa, what was that? What are we doing? How, how can we stop this? Um, feel free to contact me. I'm more than happy to have a chat. Thank you so much for offering that, Carrie. That's really helpful for everyone. I was just wondering, we only have about five minutes left, but does anyone have any questions they want to ask now? And I don't, I don't want to speak for you, Carrie, but could they contact you if they have any questions by email? Absolutely. Yes. I would love that. I'd love to support you in that way. So does anyone have a question that they want to share now before we finish this session? You can speak out or you can write it in the chat either way. Maybe while people are typing, I was wondering, Carrie, if you have any tips for working with different time zones, like how that's worked, how people can maximize efficiency that way. Yeah. Um, well, I think that probably everyone in this room has some great ideas. Um, some things that come to mind right now are, are rotating meeting times so that not everyone, so that one person isn't consistently waking up at three in the morning to meet the group that, um, you know, how is it decided what time we'll meet? Who gets to decide, you know, is there a vote? Is there a vote? Is, are we rotating? What is for the good of the team? What is for the good of the team members? Um, those are some things that come to mind. Yeah, that's, that's such a simple solution to rotate the time, but it, I, I hadn't, it hadn't occurred to me. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, we've got a question in the chat. Do you have any tips on managing your personal energy? So say you've got school, you've got fishbowl, you might have other personal commitments. Do you have any tips on how to manage your time and energy? Yeah. Um, energy drains. That inner critic voice that you hear that's telling you you're not good enough, this is not going to work out, um, that is a huge energy drain and when that voice comes up in sessions with clients ooh, the energy drops um, so really working with that voice recognizing that voice and countering it um, another energy drain is not acknowledging when you're feeling something uh, so if something is happening in your group and it feels uncomfortable it feels wrong uh, Something is just like you're feeling a little pinch uh, inside. There's a feeling. Holding that feeling back takes energy and you will feel it. You will feel stuck. Um, bringing it out, bringing the elephant out in the room and talking about it will be freeing and liberating and you will feel more energy. Uh, those are some strategies that will help. Um, sometimes people procrastinate when they are um, hearing their inner critic voice. So instead of facing something that they need to face head on when they know they're gonna hear that voice that's gonna say all those horrible things, energy drop, feeling horrible. So they'll go to YouTube. And I need to counter that with watching 20 funny YouTube videos in a row. And I'm just gonna let it autoplay. Some of that procrastination is caused by those voices that you're hearing you are telling yourself um, you're expecting perfection 
give up the idea of perfection and just do it. Just do it. <laughs> take the leap, take a big, big deep breath, do it, learn from it, grow from it. Yeah, I hope that helps with the energy uh, question. Obviously you could do less. You could say no to some things. I know students get really busy with friends and activities, but you want some things in your life that energize you. Pay attention to what energizes you. Pay attention to what is um, taking away from your energy. What are you, where are you going through the motions? Just as, uh, oh, here we go. There's another question in the chat. If we notice one of the red flag signs in our teams that you mentioned earlier, how can we bring it up and work on it in a constructive way? Yeah. Um, any of those red flag things are a sign that there needs to be more connection. There needs to be conversation. Um, showing up in the conversation with um, the good of the team members in mind, with your mission in mind, with caring and kindness. I cannot stress how uh, important kindness is to yourself, to your teammates. You know what kindness sounds like. You know what kindness feels like. And when you're having those difficult conversations, be grounded in kindness. Yeah. All right. That's great. Thank you. And I think we've probably got what time for one more before we're done. So um, Toby Lover says, hi, Carrie. I'm having problems with passing on a vision in my head with the teammates. How do we sieve out the best viable idea from the pool of great ideas? Yeah, it can be hard to let go of a great idea um, when you're in a team. I, I'm curious to hear what other people would say about this too. Um, I, I think at some point as a team, you have to decide how you will choose your vision. Who will decide what your vision is? Is it a group vote? Is it flipping the coin and heads, it's this, tails, it's this? Uh, there are ways to set up in your group agreement how things will be decided. What are some other quick ideas or strategies around that? Is anyone else experiencing that? If it's not showing up with someone here, I'm sure that it's showing up with someone who will see this recording later. Um, thank you for asking that question. Thank you for letting people know that that is something to think about when they're working in their team, that team members might be really tied to something or an aspect. And is there a way to modify things a little bit to make sure everyone's or a chunk of everyone's vision is included, parts of a vision, um, thank you so much for asking that. That's important. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today, Carrie. And thank you everyone for asking questions and joining in with the interactive sessions. I think that made the whole experience more enriching for me at least. So thank you everyone. Um, and yeah, thank you so much, Carrie. I think, as you said before, if you have any more questions, feel free to email her, but I think that's it. So if we could all just a round of applause with a little clap reaction and uh
Thank you. Everybody, it's been a pleasure. I'm so happy to serve you in this way. Um, and I wish you all the best of luck um, with your social impact projects. And I will be paying attention. I'll be following the competition. Thanks, Gary. It was wonderful having you. Thank you. Bye. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. You too. Bye, guys. I was just staying on the end of the call, Carrie, to say thank you so much again. We, I, we didn't have maybe as much participation as maybe I was hoping for, but hopefully it was enough. It felt like a good session to me. So I hope you enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's hard to speak out loud about teamwork. If you're having yeah. difficulties and you're feeling like, oh, what if that person is here and they... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Something that I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm okay with silence uh, in these kinds of things when people people are not talking. I think it's okay to just wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes uh, it takes a bit of time to build up the courage, but yeah. 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 So great. It was really cool. nice to meet you as well, and hopefully see you again sometime. Yeah, Thank you very sure. much. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye.